Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord is worthy of our praise. Amen. And uh, we give him that praise today. So glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And just reflecting back over these last um, few days about our time together last week, just enjoyed so much our time of celebration last week. If you, if you were just glad to be a part of that, say amen. And can we just say thank you to all of the people? You know, those things just don't happen. A lot of people were helping and working and, and uh, making all of that possible. Would you put your hands together and just say thank you to all of those who helped last week? And all the volunteers, we're grateful for that. And I uh, just want to say thank you for um, all of you that helped and, uh, and made it possible. What a great, great day. Uh, as we uh, re- remembered last week that A Life on Mission celebrates. We've been in this series, Life on Mission, for the last few weeks. Today we conclude uh, the series. And, uh, and this morning uh, we're going to talk about uh, the fact that A Life on Mission grows. But I remind you today that we've been talking about it throughout this sermon series, been talking about uh, the reason uh, that we live a life on mission is because Jesus calls us to live a life after him, right? And to be about the things that he has called us to do. And over the last few weeks, we've talked about the fact that a life on mission uh, uh, connects and, and, and serves and shares. Of course, last week we talked about that a life on mission even celebrates what God is doing. And this week we want to we talk about the fact that a life on mission grows. I would like for you, if you have your Bibles this morning, to turn with me. Second Chronicles is where we'll be looking this morning, Old Testament. Second Chronicles will be beginning in chapter 14, and then we'll be jumping over um, to chapter 15. Second Chronicles chapter 14. A little bit of background to get you in the right place uh, this morning as far as understanding this passage of Scripture. Uh, you might remember that there were 12 tribes that made up the nation of Israel um, when the nation was led out of Egypt by Moses. And these 12 uh, tribes uh, um, uh, came out, uh, where the sons of Jacob came out of Egypt and were beginning to make their way to the promised land. Um, Eventually, if you know the history of the nation of Israel, eventually these tribes divided. Ten of the tribes were known as the nation of Israel. Two of the tribes were the nation of Judah. As we catch up with them here in 2 Chronicles, uh, the nation of Israel had, had fallen away from God. They no longer were following the ways of God. The kings that they they had had, uh, most of them were evil kings and had led them to, to serve other gods and serve other idols. But the nation of Judah, they kind of had this, this back and forth with God. Um, they would serve God and then they would turn their back on God. And then a new king would come on the scene and they would begin to serve God again and strive to be what he would have them to be. As we catch up with the nation of Judah here in Second Chronicles, we find that King Asa is king over Judah. And Asa had worked hard to bring revival to the nation. They began to serve God with all of their heart, and, and Asa was leading them in the right way. He was leading them in an effort to follow God's plan. Aren't you thankful that God still has a plan for you and for me? If you're glad for that, say amen, right? And we have a choice. We can follow God or we can go our own way, and I trust this morning that we, like King Asa, will choose to to follow God. Let's look at the background here, 2 Chronicles 14, beginning with verse 2, reading from the New Living Translation this morning. Asa did what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars and pagan shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded the people of Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his law and 
commands. And as a result of, of living this way and leading this way, the Bible tells us that God was with him. And God was with the nation of Judah. In fact, there was a season that, that the enemy did not come against Judah. They were able to strengthen the cities uh, in the land. They were able to rebuild um, towns and fortify them. There was just a season of peace. But after that season of peace had ended, we find that there was a day when a larger, much stronger army came along. If you're glad for seasons of peace in your life, say amen, right? Glad for those seasons, but we know that eventually those seasons come to an end, and very often when they do, we're faced with things that are much bigger and stronger than we are. That's where Asa was in the nation of Judah. In fact, um, the Bible tells us that the nation of Judah had about 500,000 men. The Cushite or Ethiopian nation that came against them had over a million men in their army. Think about it. Twice the size of the army of Judah. And King Asa does what he should have done. He begins to call out to the Lord. If you skip down to verse 11, here's what we see. Then Asa cried out to the Lord his God. Here's his prayer. Oh Lord, no one but you can help the powerless against the mighty. Boy, we need to copy that one down and post it, don't we? For that reminder, oh Lord, oh Lord, no one but you can help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, oh Lord our God, for we trust in you alone. It is in your name that we have come against this vast horde. Oh Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere men prevail against you. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians in the presence of Asa and the army of Judah and the enemy fled. If you're glad this morning that God is still greater than the powers of the enemy, say amen, right? What a great reminder for us today. And after this great victory, King Asa uh, goes on to lead the people of Judah in a great celebration for the mighty victory over a much stronger army. Um, they were celebrating thousands of years ago. We celebrated last week. Listen to what they uh, did to celebrate. Chapter 15 of Second Chronicles, verse 10. The people gathered at Jerusalem in late spring during the 15th year of Asa's reign. And on that day, they sacrificed to the Lord 700 cattle and 7,000 sheep and goats from the plunder they had taken in battle. So they made this sacrifice to the Lord from the, from the things that they had taken from the enemy that they had conquered. They stopped to offer back to God an offering of praise for all that he had done for them. They wanted to celebrate him in worship and to let him know that they were giving him the glory and the honor and the praise for the great victories that had been won. Last week we celebrated many great victories of the past year, and, and I know the celebration continued in a lot of your hearts this week, because as I would talk to you, you would share with me about things that God has done, and giving him praise for the way he's working in your life, or your family, on and on and on. So I know the celebration uh, was continuing, and celebration is a needed response to the amazing work of our God because he is worthy of our praise. Celebration is important. But I want you to see what happens next. You see, as I was thinking this week, I thought, you know, what comes after a great celebration, right? What comes after you reflect and you remember all that God has done and you praise him for the great victories that he's worked in your life? What happens next? Asa teaches us here. Look with me, 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 12. Right after the celebration, then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all of their heart and soul. 
They agreed that anyone who refused to seek the Lord, the God of Israel, would be put to death, whether a young or old man or woman. They shouted out their oath of loyalty to the Lord with trumpets blaring and ram's horns sounding. In all Judah, all in Judah were happy about this covenant, for they had entered into it with all of their heart. They earnestly sought after God, and they found him. And the Lord gave them rest from their enemies on every side. Notice what they did after great victory and celebration. They enter into a covenant with God to grow. They enter into a covenant with God to grow. They don't ease up, right? They don't ease up. They don't think, well, now we know how to handle these big problems. We can handle the next time that we're surrounded by an army that's uh, far greater than us. They don't do that at all. They enter into a covenant with God to keep pressing in, to keep growing in him. Hear me this morning. The danger is, the danger is for us to experience days of great victory, to watch as God works and provides and helps and, and brings healing and brings financial provision. The list goes on and on. God does great things and we celebrate his goodness. But if we're not careful, what can happen is as God provides, we begin to become satisfied with where we are in our spiritual walk. And to somehow think that maybe we have arrived or, or we have this all figured out. We know what to do. And I have to tell you this morning that the longer that we walk with God, the easier it is for complacency in where we are to creep in and slow us down in growing spiritually. Can I say that again? The long, longer that we walk with the Lord, the easier it becomes for us to become complacent in our walk, to become satisfied with where we are in our walk with him. The reality is, as the celebration day of what God has done begins to fade, we need to make the decision to stay humble, to stay humble and keep growing, keep growing in our walk with the Lord. I want you to look with me at what Asa tells us here, how he leads the nation. I want us to uh, use this as a pattern for how we need to keep pressing on. In order to grow, in order to lead, lead, lead a life on mission that grows, I want you to see we have to first of all make a covenant, verse 12. Look what happens here again. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and with all their soul. They enter into a covenant. They make, another word would be they make an alliance with God, right? This is a strong word. This, this word covenant is a strong word. It's the word that God uses when he promises Noah that he would not destroy them, but he would save them through the flood, right? He would save them and, and, and would not destroy the earth with the flood again. That's the word covenant, right? He makes with Noah. He makes a covenant with Abram that he will give him the promised land, that even though he is old and his wife is barren, that his descendants would number the sand by the sea. He made a covenant with Abraham. It's the same word that's used here, the same word for covenant that, that's used here to say, we're going to covenant to seek the Lord. We're going we're gonna to make an alliance with God that, God, we're going to seek you, and we're going to seek you, and we're going to seek you, and we're going to keep on seeking you. They make a covenant with all of their heart and with all of their soul. We will not waver in seeking the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm glad we serve a God that we can seek, right? We can seek him. 
We can, we can seek after him. This word for seek, it, it's this idea of following, which we, we capture that, but it's deeper than that. It's the idea of that, the fact that we are in pursuit of God. We're in pursuit of him. We're going to pursue the Lord. We're going to search out the Lord with all our heart and with all of our soul. Now, we talk about this part a lot, right? Aren't you thankful today that God pursues us? We talk about that a lot. That no matter what we've done, no matter if we turned our back on God, we've walked away, that through the power of his Holy Spirit, he's out, he's pursuing us, he's drawing us back to him. He is in pursuit of us, and I think all of us are glad this morning that that's the kind of God we serve, right? In pursuit of us. But I'm thankful as well this morning that this idea of pursuing, it's a two-way street. Think about this. It's a two-way street. God pursues us. He pursues us, we find him, but when our heart and mind is enlightened and we have an understanding, we ask God for forgiveness, we begin to follow him, then the pursuit changes. A God who once pursued us is now the God that we must be in pursuit of. Because aren't you glad God doesn't leave us where he finds us? But God begins to challenge us to grow and become more like him. He becomes to challenge us to grow and become more like him and more like him, and more like him. He challenges us to be holy as I am holy. And so he doesn't stay, he doesn't leave us where he found us, but he begins to take us on a journey that will lead us, if we'll let it, into continual spiritual growth for the rest of our lives. If we will be in pursuit of him. Are you seeking him? Are you pursuing him? Now, Michelle and I, we don't watch a lot of TV together. Um, there aren't very many shows we enjoy watching together. What I tend to enjoy, she's not so much and vice versa. But there's one show that, that we just kind of picked up on uh, in these last few weeks that if we are sitting down and watching, we'll turn this on just for the fun of it. Don't judge me. It's live PD. I don't know if you watch live PD. It's kind of captured my attention. There is an episode on Live PD where there's an officer, it's a canine patrol dog and his officer. And um, I don't know if you've watched it or watched something like it, but they're out, they're tracking a suspect, as you might imagine. They're out tracking a suspect, him and, and his dog. And um, the TV camera follows them on this, on this pursuit, if you will. Follows them on this pursuit. And, and they're just beginning to look for the suspect. The suspect has gotten quite a, a head start. Um, I want to show you a little clip of it. And as you watch it, I want you to think about your pursuit of God. And the dog's name is Shep, so just kind of watch Shep as you think about how you pursue God and your relationship with him. That's not it. Those who wait on the Lord don't go anywhere. That's not it, Leslie. You can they don't move forward. Okay. In this pursuit, I'll tell you about it. In this pursuit, um, the officer, he, uh, he's, he's following after the suspect, and they think that there's a possibility that he's jumped over the top of this chain link fence. And so they're pursuing together, and the dog is tracking beside him. And there's another deputy sheriff that's with the, the handler of this dog. 
And so the deputy sheriff is standing there, and, and the handler of the dog looks at him, and he says, hey, hold on to Shep. Like, keep, you got to hold him back. I'm going to jump up on this fence, and I'm going to look over and see if there's any, if he's down there, if he's on the other side of this fence, see what's going on. And so the handler jumps up on the fence, and as he's up there on top of the fence, the dog becomes restless, right? The dog begins to come restless because he thinks his handler is going over the fence, and so remind you that he told the deputy, hold on to the dog. And you can hear the dog beginning to whine and beginning to squeal. And as he pushes, as the officer pushes himself up on that fence to look over, the dog just leaps up and literally grabs a hold of the top of the fence with his paws. I mean, he's thinking, if my handler is going over the fence, where am I going? I'm going over the fence. Like, I am not going to be left behind. And nothing's going to hold me back. In fact, as you watch the video play out, once they get the dog down and the other guy gets down, they're walking away, and the, and, and the handler tells the deputy, man, I told you to hold him. You've got to hold on to him. He's going to make you look foolish, right? Nothing was going to hold this dog back. And as I thought about that, I thought about our own lives, our own relationship with God. Like we have to be in a, in a, in a pursuit of God where the mindset is, you know what? Nothing is going to hold me back from becoming and being all that God would have me to be. Nothing. I'm going to be in such pursuit of God that when he goes over the fence, guess where I'm going? I'm going over the fence. When he says it's time to go right, I'm going right, right? No matter where he leads, I'm going to be following so closely behind him that I am going to follow. But in order to do that, we have to make a covenant with God, and we have to be in pursuit of him, right? We have to seek after him. King Asa leads the nation of Judah to begin to seek God like never before. And again, it follows great victory, right? It doesn't follow a time where they had been away. They'd been walking with God. God was blessing. God was helping. He was providing. He had helped them to win this great victory over an army twice their size. And yet King Asa says, here's what we're going to do after we celebrate. We're going to make a covenant with God, and we're going to keep pursuing, and we're going to keep seeking him. I hope today that you will make a covenant with God to keep pursuing, keep seeking him. I want you to also see that in order to grow, not only do we have to make a covenant with God, but we have to tell others. Look at verse 14. Look at what they do. They make this covenant with God, and then here's what happens. They shout out their oath of loyalty to the Lord with blaring trumpets and ram's horns sounding. When we begin our covenant with God and, and make our covenant with him and begin our pursuit of him, we need to make it known. We need to let people know that we are on a pursuit after God. That can happen a lot of different ways, but, but one way it should happen is, is once we turn to the Lord, once he pursues us and we make that decision to follow him, one of the greatest ways that we can sound the ram's horn or sound the trumpet, if you will, and, and let everyone know about the change that's taking place in our lives is through baptism. Through baptism, we say to the world, the old life is gone, the new life has come. I'm thankful today for the, for the symbol of baptism in our life and the way that we can tell the world that we have been made new. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior this morning and you've begun that journey with him, I just want you to know today that baptism is a logical next step for you. 
Or maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a long time and you've never been baptized. I just want you to know, it's a great way for us to communicate and tell others that Jesus Christ has saved us and it's my desire to pursue him. It's my desire to walk after him. Uh, just a little side note here, but if, if you've not been baptized and you're interested, I just encourage you to check on your connection card, baptism, and let me get in touch with you and just share with you what, a little bit more about what it entails. It's a great way to testify. But we not, only, we not only tell others initially once we're saved, but can I remind you this morning that there needs to be places all along the way in our life where we are, we are shouting out our oath of loyalty to God. Where we are saying, you know what, it's like last week, that was a day of celebration. What was the purpose? It's because of our God. It's because of what God has done. It's, it's, because, it's because God is working. It's because God still answers prayer. It's because God is changing lives. It's because God deserves the glory. What about your life? God deserves the glory for all the good things that he does in your life, amen? Are you declaring that to others? Are you sharing it with them when things are going well? God is good. He is working. He is providing all along the way. Can I remind you that not only do we do it as we celebrate the good things, but can I just tell you we can declare our oath of loyalty to God when things aren't going so well? Now granted, sometimes it's a little harder to do that, right? Things aren't going so good. Days are dark. Times are hard. There might be a day that you're walking in or a season that you're walking in where you can't see God, you can't feel God. Every day is a day that you're taking faith steps, one after another, after another. Maybe you're like David. Maybe you can relate. David, Psalm 55. You know, it, it, I'm so thankful for David's writings because he puts it out there. Listen to his season. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. That was David's season. Maybe that should encourage some of us, because I don't know about you, I've been through some dark seasons, but not very many like that. And it's only by faith that he takes step after step after step. But he also says, you know what, he writes this in the beginning of the chapter 55, but he also goes on to say, I'm not giving up. Like, I may be living here, this may be a dark season, I may not feel a whole lot right now, but I, my faith is in God. And he would go on in verse 16 of chapter 55 to write this. Even though, right, fear and trembling have beset me, here's what he says. But I call to God. What's he saying? I'm seeking. I'm seek. I'm pursuing God. Like, I am in a difficult time right now, but I'm pursuing God. And he says, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. He ransoms me unharmed from the battle, waged against me, even though many oppose me. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm not giving up seeking, and I'm going to tell you, here's where I'm looking. I'm looking to God. I'm looking to God. I'm looking to God. He's my fortress. He's my strength. He's my refuge. He's the one I call on. He's the one I'm going to call out to. What's he doing? He's testifying to the fact that even in the midst of difficulty, I'm keeping my my eyes on him. He's declaring his oath of loyalty to God. And we need to continually declare our oath of loyalty to God. We need to let others know, no matter where we are on the scale, up, 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 down, or somewhere in between, our oath of loyalty is to the God that we serve.
It's my desire to serve him. It's my desire to pursue him. It's my desire to walk after him. It's my desire to do his will. It's my desire. What's your desire this morning? I've asked Pastor Nathan to sing a song. And if your heart resonates with this song this morning, it's a great opportunity to declare your oath of loyalty to him today. It's my desire to live for Jesus. It's my desire to live for Him. Though oft I fail and brought Him a It's my desire to live for Him. It's my desire to help someone today. Someone who might have failed to see the way. Though I too was once so lost, I found my way back to God. It's my desire to live for Him. If you could see where Jesus brought me from to where I am today, you I don't 
this fame, it's my desire, it's my desire, it's my desire to live for Him, to
I'm thankful for the way the Spirit works, aren't you? And He knows exactly what we need. I trust that it's your desire to serve Him today and that you will continue to declare that, you know what, I, I want to be loyal to God. Has God been loyal to you? Hasn't He been faithful? And we can declare that loyalty, and some have already come to do that this morning and seek Him, and I'm thankful for that today. I'm glad that the Lord will help us if we will just continue to allow Him to do it. He'll help us. He'll provide for us as we keep our eyes on Him. Let me just finish with this thought this morning. To, make a, to, to grow, we have to make a covenant. We have to tell others. And then here's the part right here, okay? We have to follow through. See, we can make a covenant, and we can declare our loyalty. In fact, probably a lot of us this morning are saying, I mean, your, your heart is resonating. I can tell your heart is resonating this morning. Like, God, I covenant with you. I want to be loyal to you. I want to seek after you. We've got to follow through. Here's, here's what you see in verse 15. All in Judah were happy about this covenant, for they had entered into it with all their heart. So they were happy, right? They earnestly sought after God, and guess what? They found him. The Lord gave them rest from their enemies on every side. See, I want you to see that not only did they make a covenant and tell others, they were happy about it, and then they did what they said that they were going to do. We have to do what we say we're going to do. We have to follow through. You know, doing what we say we're going to do makes us a person of integrity. I want to be a person of integrity before God, don't you? I want to be, want to be a person of integrity. I want to do what I say I'm going to do. A lot of times we make commitments on Sunday and we say, I'm going to pursue you, God. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to, I'm going to live my life for you. But come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what happens? So often we just, we, we, we wane in that covenant, Right? to follow through. Um, God's there to do his part, but we have to do our part. I, uh, I had a doctor's appointment this week. I've been, uh, I've been having back problems for probably the last year or so. If you're close to me, you know, and you've been praying for me, and I appreciate that. Um, and so I've been referred around, and a few months ago, I got a referral to see a doctor in Indianapolis. And so in July, early July, I went to him. And he said, here's what you need to do. You need to have a test and then come back and see me as soon as you can. So that was like the first week of July. So I went to see him this week. So like seven weeks later, I finally got the test done and went to see him. Now, now I'll tell you what, I can give you all kinds of wonderful excuses about why I didn't go sooner, right? I mean, there's some noble causes, right? I mean, uh, so I, you know, I was praying with people. I was visiting other people who were in the hospital. I mean, I could just give you all kind of list of things about services to prepare for, all kinds of things. But the bottom line is this. If I would have just followed through when I knew I should have went, I would have been out of pain a lot sooner. Like, they're going to get me in, like, this week, and just they say, hey, we got this. We're going to take care of it, right? I've lived in pain for six or seven weeks because I what? I didn't follow through. I wonder how often do we live far from where God wants us because we make covenants to God and we say, I'm going to seek you, Lord. I'm going to seek you, Lord. I'm going to seek you, Lord. But we don't follow through. It's not God that fails us. It's our failing to seek him with all of our heart and follow through. This series has been all about living a life on mission, living the life that God has wanted us to live. 
And in order to connect with people, in order to reach out to people, in order to serve people the way that God wants us to serve them, can I just tell you, if we're going to do it over the long haul, we've got to continue to grow in Christ and become more like Him every single day. It's critical. This is critical to living the life that Christ wants us to live. So I challenge you today. Will you grow in Jesus? Will you pursue Him? Will you seek after Him? I love what A.W. Tozer, uh, a quote from A.W. Tozer, his book, The Pursuit of God. Here's what he says. To have found God, to have found God and still pursue Him is the soul's paradox of love. To have found God and still pursue Him. Isn't that where you want to live? I've found Him, but now I just want to be on pursuit of Him for the rest of my life. It's the paradox of love. I want to ask Pastor Nathan to come, and I appreciate the work of the Holy Spirit this morning so much, and, and He's been so close to us. Some have sought the Lord this morning, and I believe the Lord has spoken to them. But I want to give you an opportunity, if you'd stand with me as we close today. Maybe you too want to seek God this morning. Maybe you have some new covenants to make today. Maybe you know that you've made some covenants in the past to Him and maybe not followed through, but today you're going to come and pray and say, Lord, I want to follow through. It's my desire, but I need your help. See, here's the thing, folks. He can give us a power through His Holy Spirit to enable us to stay in pursuit. And so I trust that you'll seek Him this morning as the Holy Spirit has been so close. Just be sensitive to what the Lord is speaking. Father, speak to our hearts. Continue, Lord, to draw us to you and help us in this moment just to be obedient to what your Holy Spirit is speaking to us as we seek you today in Jesus' name.